I, uh, two years back, uh, when I was in the seminary, I was, uh, I was able to go to Rome. Uh, it was my first time I'd gone to Rome. Uh, it was a beautiful trip. Uh, myself, two other seminarians, and then a, a priest. Um, took a trip, went to Rome, blast. We had a great time, saw all the major churches and the sites and everything else. Um, we were on our flight back, uh, and this, this uh, most frustrating kind of thing happened. Um, we're on our flight back. Uh, we get on a plane, about to, get, about to take off to come back to the United States. Um, we go through all the, through everything with security and everything else. We get on the plane, um, and then we just sat on the tarmac for about an hour and a half. Um, we get on a plane, and like, we're already know that we're going to be on a flight for nine hours, and we're just like, man, this isn't going to be fun, whatever. So we sit down, and we're just, it's just frustrating. We're just sitting there. We can't do anything about it, right? Can't get up, can't go to the bathroom. You just got to, got to wait until you're in the air. So we go through, we, we, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we finally we take off. Now, it, it was frustrating enough that an hour and a half had gone by and we hadn't moved, um, but it became a whole other level of frustrating when, as we were on our flight, we started to do the math of like time changes and everything else and started to realize that our, uh, our layover to catch our connecting flight from D.C. to New Orleans was only about a two-hour layover. If you do the math, that gave us about 30 minutes to get through customs to then re recheck in, re-get through security, and get to our gate. So as we're standing there, as we're sitting there on the plane, we're flying in, we're doing all this stuff, um, we're doing this kind of math and like strategy in our mind, like what are we going to do? So we get out, we get our stuff, we're, we're, we're racing to baggage claim, we're, we're, we're working our way through everything, and as we're in line in customs, we started to talk between the four of us and said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to send the fastest person to go first through everything, so that they can like get through customs, get through security, and hopefully sprint to our gate and stop the plane and just say like, hey, give us 10 minutes, we're gonna get there, right? That's it, that's all we're asking. 10 minutes, everybody's gonna get there, but can you hold the plane and like do everything you need to, not to get arrested, but like hold the plane, please. Like that's all we're looking to do. So we're standing there and it's four of us, and it's me, uh, it's a priest and it's two other guys. The other two guys both had like military background, um, so they're like thin and fit and they're like, and then you look at the priest and it's like, yeah, he's old. And you look at me and it's like, he's fat. Good. So we're going to give all of the bags to the fat guy and we're going to let everybody else, we're going to let the other guys run ahead. Right? So I'm standing, I'm like the, I'm the, I'm the donkey holding all the bags. I use that animal for a reason. You can figure out why, but I'm standing there just holding the bags, right? They're all over me. And I'm like, this is great. We, we get through customs, we get through, and then we get through security, and the first guy takes off, and he's, run, he's running down the airport, and he's sprinting. And then the next guy takes off, and he's running. And then the priest takes off, and he's running. And then here I come, just waddling with all the bags, trying to get there as fast as I can, looking like something out of Home Alone, or, you know, like, it's just, like, it's rough, right? As I'm doing this, as I'm struggling, and I'm, like, I'm like six minutes behind everybody else, right? I'm waddling through with all their bags. I just see the whole group of them walking back. And I'm like, we didn't make it. All right, this is good. All right, good, good deal. So now it's the whole next level of frustration and got to find our stuff and whatever. Well, I was, I was talking to my buddy who went first. He, 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 we were talking to him and we said, man, you weren't able to stop it. Like, what, what happened? He said, it was terrible. He said, I came around the corner and I watched the door close. And y'all you know, like, oh, yeah, because it just... It, once that door, once the gate door closes, like, like the flight has departed, like you can't leave. He said, I watched the door close, I get to the gate, 
And as I'm talking to the girl, begging her to open the door, I see our plane pulling out. And it's like, come on, man. Our bags made it fine, and they were on the plane on their way back to New Orleans, but we were stuck in D.C. And he's just, man, it was just so, it was like, it was like slow motion, like just please, no, 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 and close. I, I think it's an interesting image for us, especially in light of today's gospel. Because in, in an airport, there's a finality attached to it, right? Like the door closes, okay, the plane has departed, good deal. For us, it was the door closes, the plane has departed, shucks, now we have to go and work our way through all kind of other stuff, and we got to now catch a flight to another airport to catch a flight to another airport to finally get home. And instead of getting home at 4 in the afternoon, we're going to get home at 11 p.m., and it's not like we're just going to be aggravated and tired and all those things, but at least we got home, right? It's going to add a day worth of travel when we've already been in the air for 24 hours, like we've been traveling for 24 hours, but finally we're going to get home. But what Jesus is telling us about today is not something that has a second chance. And I think it can be uncomfortable sometimes to hear about this kind of message, about this wedding feast that is being, that is being thrown and the invitations are being put out, and quite honestly, there's not a second chance outside of the parable. Because in a parable, that the thing about a parable is that there's, there's a lot of likeness to the spiritual life. There's a lot of likeness to God. But there's also difference. There's, there's also difference. I don't go to a wedding, shucks, I'll catch the next one. I don't get invited in, shucks, no big deal, I'll get the next one. I don't get invited, yes, don't have to worry about it, can watch football instead. Great, right? Men are like, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> but, and, and, and there's something about this, though, that Jesus is talking about, that he's not talking about just any ordinary wedding, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And what he's saying is, is that at a certain point, that the door closes... We don't like to hear about that often. It kind of makes us a little bit nervous. But at some point, the door closes. And when that door closes, we think TSA is hard. Just wait. Because when the door closes, it doesn't reopen. There's a level of finality to that door closing. I, I, I remember hearing this, uh, like if, if we asked, I remember hearing people say like, uh, they did like a, a man on the street kind of thing where they were just asking people random questions and stuff. And one of the questions, there was this Protestant pastor that was walking around asking, and he said, do you believe that you're going to heaven? And people kind of were like thrown off by the question for a second. They said, oh yeah? And then most people said something to the effect of, well, I'm a nice guy and I haven't killed anybody. Yeah? You want to make it? Our gospel doesn't say anything about being a nice guy or having killed anybody. What our gospel is saying today is are we prepared? What our gospel is saying, are we ready to respond to the invitation? What our God is saying is, are we going to show up and are we going to actually say, yes, Lord, I'm going to come. And yes, Lord, when it's time for me to come to you, I'm going to be prepared. Because I'm a nice person and I haven't killed anybody. That's not enough. That's a low bar. So what, what, did, what are some of the excuses that we see in today's gospel 
of why people didn't want to come to the, the wedding feast. Why people said no to the kingdom of God, as Jesus says. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> Lord, I'm, I'm busy. I can't make it to your wedding. I have a lot going on. Someone went to his farm. Like in my personal life, Lord, like I just can't right now. Like I, if you understand, like I, we just got stuff going on at home and like got travel baseball, like, you know, it's a thing. Sports, clubs, you know, like kids in school running around. I'm busy, Lord. It's just hard for me to say yes right now. Later, maybe, but not yet. If we look at the other, what's the other one say? His excuse is, well, I don't say yes right now because um, I go back to my business. Well, Lord, like, look, I, well, give me a chance. Let me, like, get to a certain place in life, a certain level of comfort, then I'll listen. Let me get to my number <laughs> that makes me happy and comfortable. Lord, then I'll listen. If you're in school still, like let me get my let me get that GPA just right and that scholarship just right, and let me make like let me make sure I get into med school first. Then I'll listen. Now I'm not saying any of these things are bad on their face, but what Jesus is challenging the people with today in our gospel is what's the priority? What's the focus? What's the main priority of my life? Like, how do I define my life? Do I first define it as I'm a student that's, stri that's trying to make it to, like, into a certain school? Am I, first stri am I first defining myself as the right fielder for my baseball team? Because all of those things are going to go away at some point. And Jesus is saying, God is asking you for you to define your life by Him. Because the people that we love and that we're closest to, we don't miss their weddings. We don't miss their invitations. If we're ever, if we're ever wondering, where, where's, what's my priority in life? Like, where am I putting most of my focus? Where am I putting most of my energy? Um, I remember I heard this said, I heard a pastor say this one time, and I just think it's very, very true. Um, look, if you want a, like a real-life, easy examination of where you, like, where your focus is, I, I do this from time to time. Um, look at two places. Look at your calendar and your bank account. Because where you focus your time, probably worth it. Where you focus your money, probably reveals what I treasure. This is not me trying to guilt you passively, like into like give more money in the collection. I promise. Right? If you want to go ahead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But it's, it, but, but, it's, uh, but it's honest, like where we put our money, where we put our time reveals to us about what it is that we treasure in our life. What it is that has priority. What it is that really has a focus. The next thing that we see in today's gospel, because there's kind of these two little, there's two kind of episodes that takes place, right? The first one is, are people being invited and are they willing to say yes? And oftentimes, a lot of the people, as Jesus says, are, are too busy or too focused elsewhere to say yes, even to the gospel, like even to the invitation to the gospel, right? Even to the invitation into the kingdom of God. But the second side of it, I think, is even more apt to us that are here on a Sunday night. 
Because you don't give time on a Sunday night if you don't want to live your life for the Lord. Like you could be doing a million other things. Astros are about to play. They're 30 minutes in. But anyway, right? Like you, you could be doing anything else tonight, but you're here. So like, okay, I'm willing. Yeah, Lord, I want to say yes. I want to be, I want to be plugged in. I want to have you as the focus of my life. I want to actually be paying attention to you in my life. Like, absolutely, Lord, yes. That's why you're here. So the second part, I think, even applies even more to us. Because there was one of these people that said yes and that showed up and were invited and were ready to jump in and ready to jump into the wedding feast and were very, very excited to do so. And when they got there, they were not prepared. They weren't dressed appropriately is the image. Everybody else is in their finest. And they're in t-shirts and flip-flops. It's not appropriate. And the, 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 one that, the, the, the man who's throwing the party sees him and says, uh-uh, you need to leave with that. You weren't prepared for the invitation when it was coming. Now, when, when I hear that, I think there is, a, there, there is a, pers- there's a place, I think, in most Catholics' life, especially cradle Catholics, that we were raised that we want to get to heaven by all means, right? And that is a great desire. That is a good desire. That's something that we should all desire, absolutely. But I think sometimes we want to do it by any means necessary, and, and we do it by like almost falling into this kind of superstitious kind of approach to Catholicism. What do I mean? Uh, when I was in uh, like first grade kindergarten, um, I was in Catholic school and they gave us like little brown scapulars. Uh, they gave us like they gave each one of us each one of us one um, because it was like the little free things they have in the back of church, right? And they gave everybody a brown scapular and it's like, great, we get our little brown scapular. And I remember I went to my grandma's house and one of my old aunts was there. And I showed it to them, and she looks at me, and she says, Meshach, if you die with that on, you're going straight to heaven. Y'all laughing, because y'all all heard some old lady say that to you at some point. Right? Like, they, they, she said, man, if you die with that on, baby, you're going straight to heaven. I looked at her, and said, oh, really? Awesome. So, like, I'm throwing this on. I'm like, great. Let me hold on to this. This is great. A brown scapular is not a key into heaven. I'm going to fix that little, that little, little old lady lie right now. A brown scapular by itself is not a key to heaven. A little piece of brown material that has Mary on it is not by itself a key to heaven. If you're living your life according to the devotion of the brown scapular, you're praying, you're going to Mass, you're avoiding sin, you're growing in virtue, you're going to confession, you're doing all the things that are, like, are, are in, like in line with the devotion of the brown scapular, that can get you to heaven. That's also called Christianity. I think sometimes we fall more in love with the devotion than we do with the God who we're devoted to. This past week, with all the craziness in the world, with all the atrocities going on on the other side of the world, I know I've seen a lot of things just on social media. I've seen a lot of people that try to be these kind of like keyboard prophets of saying what's going to happen and the end of the world's coming and all this kind of stuff. If we're living our life according to the gospel, if we're living our life according and ready to walk into the wedding feast, we don't have to fear. None of us have to fear. Like we pray for peace in the world, absolutely. We pray, for, we pray for justice to be served in places that it needs to be served. We pray for people to be protected, especially when they're innocent. We pray for peace and conversion and mercy at all times. 
But if we are living our life according to the gospel, if we are living clothed, ready to walk into the wedding feast, we don't have to fear. We don't need to be trying to find some back door into heaven. Because the reality is, is that our relationship with God is the thing that's going to save us. Our relationship with a loving, merciful Father is the thing that will save every last one of us. Even when that door closes. That if we are in love with God, if we are chasing after Him, if we are running after Him, despite the baggage that we might be carrying through life, like if we are seeking Him and Him alone, that God will make sure we are on the right side of that door when it closes. Because we don't have a God who's looking to condemn We don't have a God who's looking for any reason to kind of cast us out and throw us aside. If we are seeking Him with our whole heart, if we are living our life trying and and, and struggling against sin and continually going to Him and continually seeking out His mercy, we have nothing to fear. Because we've got a God that wins. Like as we come to Mass tonight even, why do we come? It's not just to check off a box. We, we, we don't come to Mass just for the obligation. Check, great, my grandma will be happy this week. But instead, it's because we come to meet a God who's in love with us. We don't come just to make sure that we, that we sit in a pew for an hour. And if you're looking for just an hour, you came to the wrong church. My fault. But we come first and foremost to receive a God who has received us. Like the image of that white wedding, that white wedding garment that we hear about. When you were baptized at your baptism, after you, after the water was poured in your head and you were anointed, there was a white garment that was put over you. And that white garment is reveals and is meant to symbolize the new life in Christ that you have received, the dignity that you have received, being washed away, the sin being washed away, and that you were white as a lily. The next time a white garment is going to be put on you to, be, to dress you outside of your marriage, women, but the next time a white garment will be put on every single one of us as a Christian is at our funeral. Because the first thing we do at a funeral mass when we bring the coffin in is we, again, clothe with a white garment. Because the promise from baptism is fulfilled in our death. That we are prepared and ready to walk into the heavenly feast, to walk into the marriage feast. We're not meant to fall in love with just the devotion. We're not meant to fall in love with the external signs. We're meant to fall in love with the God that points that all of these things point us to. A little confession. Um, I'll end with this. My, uh, remember, I was in a, uh, I was a high school student. I was on a retreat, and there was a, um, my, my small group leader he had a, a little chain on his wrist. And I remember like it was just like, I thought it was a bracelet or something. But he, showed, he told me, he said, no, it's actually for the total consecration to Mary. If you've ever done it, 33 days, you pray these prayers. Um, at the end of 33 days, you basically consecrate your life to Jesus through the Blessed Mother. It's the whole thing. I can, I can explain it to you another time. But um, it was just like, and, it, and there's a, the part of the devotion is at the end of it, after you've done this, you, you would wear a chain. And that chain meant, like, symbolized you being enslaved to the Blessed Mother. Usually not very gaudy, usually rather small, just something that 
that is an external sign of the internal reality. And I remember the first thing I did, I, I, I got the book, I made sure to do it, like I went through the whole thing and great. And as a seminarian, I remember I had that chain and I would wear it, every, I would wear it all the time. It, it was crimped on my arm, it never came off. Until one point I started realizing that I was more in love with the chain than I was with the, the Lord. Because it was an external sign that I was falling more in love with than the internal reality of being devoted to our Blessed Mother and our Lord. Do we fall in love with the externals? Do we fall in love with the signs? Do we fall in love with the God whom they point to? Today as we come to this Mass, that's who's inviting us in. Not a sign, not a symbol, but the Lord Himself in the sacrament. The Lord Himself in the church. May today as we come to this Mass, that we not fall in love with the externals, we not fall in love with signs, but we fall in love with the God and that our love of Him cast out all fear.